Good morning. So, yes, we've been in this series on reach. Yes, I'm Jim Nadzinski. Glad to be with you. I'm setting a timer for your sanity. Uh, so this series, when we talk about reaching, what we're talking about is reaching for God and reaching for the good that he has for us and the good he has for us to give to others. Uh, so wherever you're at today in your journey with God, you're invited to reach. Whether you've got a long-standing relationship with Jesus, whether you're just getting started following him, Maybe you're considering following Jesus. Maybe you were dragged here uh, against your will, perhaps. Whoever you are, right now, this very instant, I promise you, God is inviting you to reach for more of him and more of the good he has for you. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father, says James, the brother of Jesus. So my wonderful wife, uh, Shannon, she's an inspiring example to me. Uh, uh, Nate says, I'm uh, crazy, she's crazier, (laughs) but in a good way. She is someone who sustainably reaches for all that God has for her and all the gifts that he might want to give. And this has been true all the time I've ever known her. I met her back in 1999, she was a senior in college. When I first met her, she had a, a... a back pain that was so bad she wore a brace uh, from her chest to her hips, uh, had treatment weekly. When she uh, would go into class, she actually stood in class in college. She had a podium. So the first day or two of class, other students would come up thinking she was a teaching assistant. And uh, so we were just getting to know each other. We were spending some time talking about God, and we were talking about how God still does crazy things when we reach for him today, just like you read in Scripture. And this was a new concept to her, this idea. And so she, being Shannon, was like, I'm up for this. Let's try. So we prayed the shortest of prayers and said, God, would you heal her back? And in that instant, her back stopped hurting and it never hurt again. She went to the doctor that week who she saw weekly and he said something science can't explain. Uh, The x-ray shows your hips have shifted over an inch and a quarter. And she's never had pain since. Uh, With this newfound excitement of reaching faith, uh, she was uh, very eager to reach for all that God had. I remember we were not long after that running, and it was November, uh, and it was cold, and she stopped and said, we've got to go back. And I said, why is that? She said, my Raynaud's disease is acting up. I said, you're what? You have something with your nose? She said, no, Raynaud's disease. And I didn't know what that was, and she explained that it's a disease where blood flow gets cut off from your extremities. And her fingers and toes would go white. Uh, They would get very cold, left unchecked. You can lose a finger or toe. And so all through college, she wore gloves, even in the fall. She had hot packs in her boots and in her pockets. And so I don't remember which of the two of us decided to reach for what God might have, but we stopped before going home and prayed. Uh, She took off her gloves. Her fingers were white. And we saw in a snap of a finger, they turned pink like someone turned on a dial. And we were astounded, so we continued our run, and just to show off a bit, Shannon uh, did it without gloves. And however, I start out with these two stories of reaching successfully. I've got dozens and dozens of more that are even crazier of success, but I've got thousands of failures. And in fact, uh, Reno's disease began to come back over the years. And we would pray, nothing would happen. We would pray, nothing would happen. 
and we kind of resigned, and she's been struggling with it since. Uh, we were a few weeks ago hiking, and we happened to be talking about this topic. And it was cold. We were in Colorado. We were in the mountains. And uh, she said, oh gosh, this is getting bad. And she took off her gloves, and I took a picture of her hands. And uh, they, were, they were very white. And we said, we, we haven't prayed in a long time. We've resigned. We stopped reaching. And so we stopped there on the trail and prayed for almost 10 minutes. And uh, I'm a little odd. I'm weird. So we started taking photos, trying to capture lightning in a bottle a second time. And nothing happened. So... This Friday, Shannon took the dog out to pee. She came back in, and during that short time, one of her fingers went white. Shannon, being Shannon, said, let's reach again. Uh, It's been probably 15 years since she'd been, again, suffering with this. So we took the picture. Uh, Let's see, we... And we started recording, because that's how weird I am. Ben, would you play this very awkward recording? Rainoids, I want you right now to go away in the name of Jesus. Go. Get out in Jesus' name. And never come back. Go, go, go faster. Go faster. Be gone in the name of Jesus. That just happened. Whoa! <laughs> so in less than 20 seconds, what you saw if you're on podcast was uh, the, the finger returning perfectly normal. That, that never happens. Um, with her, normally it could take 10, 15, 20 minutes for her fingers to go back. So the next day, yesterday, she had no problems. No, none at all. In and out of the house, went and got groceries, walked the dog. But I, I, I'm not gullible. I, want, I wanted to test it. You know, I don't want the placebo effect. If I'm going to reach, I want the real thing. So we took another photo uh, in the house before she went out in the evening to walk the dog. She went out. Um, We took a photo of the weather. I think it was 41 degrees. She walked the dog without gloves. We came back in. She took a photo of her hand in the garage. And no, no rainos. Tons of stories. That's a silly one, really. I mean, it's cold hands. But... I'm weird enough to capture it on film. And the real thing I want to point out is that reaching for God and all he has is mixed results. And many of us grew up in camps of following Jesus where you never reached. You just shouldered on. And some of us grew up in camps of Christianity where you always reached. And if you didn't get what you were reaching for, it was your fault. You didn't have enough faith. The neither are modeled by Jesus. He lived in the tension between the now of his goodness coming and the not yet of his goodness. So Jesus came and his life announced and demonstrated that the goodness of God is available to us now. He modeled what life connected with God can look like and he told us that we can live it too. However, Jesus was equally clear that the goodness of God is not fully available yet. We won't experience that until the age to come. 
And Jesus was very clear to warn his followers to be prepared. Understand that here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, he said. And he went on later to say, I'm telling you this so that when things get real, you don't lose your faith. So, we live in this tension between the miraculous happening, the now, the healing, and the freedom, and the restoration, and utter sorrow and loss and disappointment of the not yet. I remember years ago, one of the more incredible things I'd seen, a man who hadn't walked in 14 years in a wheelchair, uh, received a quick prayer and, and um, got up and he hadn't walked from um, uh, multiple sclerosis and he got up and ran and danced and cried. Uh, it had been over 14 years since he'd walked and that is the now of the goodness of God. Yet my dear friend Bev, who my friends and I would pray for again and again to be healed of MS, deteriorated and deteriorated and died. That's the not yet. I remember a friend called me quite desperate. He and his family had moved, moved into a new home. They have a, a six children. No wonder he was desperate. <laughs> Since they moved in, most of the kids were having nightmares every night, like really bad. And uh, it persisted, and it started to get really intense and even scary. And uh, he and I prayed on the phone and reached and said, God, would you... Give us your goodness today. Would you give some of what's promised in the future right now? And the, no more nightmares for the kids. None. It just stopped. Yet it was about two years ago, another friend of mine was sharing that his wife has nightmares six to seven nights a week. Real heavy kind, like the terror kind. You know, it's not just like a bad dream, but it's like utter sheer terror. Uh, he and his wife, I don't think, would say that they're followers of Jesus at that time. And so it was even more awkward for me to bring this wonderful message of the potential now of the kingdom of God. But I did. I said, hey, this is the weirdest thing ever, but can I pray for you and your wife that that would stop? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he said, I'll, I'll, I'll pray too. So I began to pray kind of on a regular basis just by myself for her to not have those nightmares. And I checked in with her in a month. I said, how's it been? He goes, she hasn't but had one or two dreams a week. I was elated. I'm so confident we're going to pray some more and it's going to be zero. And uh, I didn't talk with him then for a number of months. I said, hey, how's it been? He said, uh, she's back to six, six days a week, nightmares. And I'm just ticked. I'm mad. You know, I want them to taste what I've tasted. I want them to see what I've seen. I want them to know that God loves them, and he does. That's the not yet. I remember another story. I met uh, some friends, and I met a homeless man named Moose. How can you not like Moose? And long story short, we befriended Moose, got Moose to AA, and he got a job, and he got an apartment, and Moose was living, living well. You know, that's the now. That's reaching for what God wants to give others. But we have countless men, women, and children in our city who are struggling with poverty and homelessness. That's the not yet. Yet this community hosts the warming center. And this last winter, uh, for two weeks, over 100 individuals a night came here and got food and clothing and medical care and prayer and encouragement and friendship and a place to stay. 
You did that. My God did that through you. That's the now of the kingdom. That's reaching out to give the good. I remember sitting about halfway up in those pews, my wife and I, and a couple came in in front of us, a young couple, and sat down with their backs. I think I had met them once. And bear with me here, but one of the ways that God reaches to his people is through you. He'll whisper and say, I have a gift for you to give someone. And it sounds a whole lot like just a crazy thought, but apparently that's God's accent, is your brain thinking crazy thoughts. And so as that couple sat down, I didn't see their face, I just had this gut sense, kind of like you just kind of know that you know, that she was really in pain emotionally. And knowing how Shannon crazy, uh, crazy my wife Shannon is, I was going to tell her, hey, you, you should go talk to her at connection time. Just be kind, you know, or see if you can pray for her. And of course, Shannon's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I didn't know is that when the couple sat down, Shannon had in her mind a thought pop in that said, she just had the thought, baby. And so when I leaned over and said, hey, I, you should go talk to them after, she goes, I, I, I had the idea that something about a baby. Oh, no, you know. It's sensitive. You got to be careful with these things. So uh, after service, she went up and just said, hey, uh, I'm Shannon, and uh, I don't know. I just had the thought just to say hello and encourage you. And I mean, we're at church for crying out loud. Is there anything I can pray for you for? And the girl began to cry. And uh, she said that her, uh, her and her husband have been trying for a long time to have a baby, and that they haven't been able. And that that day, that week, it had been a particularly difficult and hard. Now, Shannon's crazy, but we don't want to be weird for weird's sake. We want to pass out God's good gifts, right? We want to love people. And so she didn't say anything about that. She just prayed that her desire to have a baby would be met. So Shannon reached with this young woman to God. Uh, Two months, three months later, I mean, within a week or so, they conceived. And we stayed quiet and watch them carry the baby here. We'd see them coming to church and kind of elbow each other, and they gave birth to a healthy baby. And we celebrate that. Yet I recently have wept with close friends who lost a baby. And I mourn with friends who um, have not been able to conceive. So it is, it is tough to be torn apart by the miracles you see and the, the freedom and the peace you see and then the, the sheer, utter, unexplainable loss. That's the not yet. Yet I celebrate, we have so many families here who have adopted, who foster. That's the now of the kingdom breaking in. And yet there's terrible loss and pain of loving a child and giving the child back into the situation from which they came from. That's the not yet of reaching and giving love. So uh, this is not for the faint-hearted following Jesus. Don't be lied to by the, uh, those who are selling things on TV about Christianity. It is better and more awesome than they can fabricate, but it is much harder to reach. It's a thrill of victory and the what is that old ABC Sports? The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. The over 40 and 50 crowd knew that. 
but it's rich and it's wonderful. And whatever amount of reaching you're doing now, it's wonderful and God celebrates it. And he's inviting you to reach more because he has more for you and it's worth it because he's good and you can trust him. So how do you do it? How do you, how do you be like Shannon? How do you reach and then reach again and then fail for years and years and then reach again and then have utter disappointment and still reach and trust? How do you not lose your faith? How do you have joy and contentment in the process? Well, I was changing a light bulb this past week and I was balanced precariously on one foot on a bathtub reaching for the ceiling to change the bulb. And I wisened up, and I got down, and I got a stool. And I climbed up on the stool. Oh, this was a good idea in my head. And I thought, now this is better. You know, the bathtub was not a good, stable foundation from which to reach. But on the stool, it was pretty good. So I changed the light bulb. And it got me thinking... That's a whole lot like reaching spiritually. And so I want to propose to you the four-legged stool of reaching resiliently. That there are four concepts, principles, four requirements, four things for you to internalize and live out to be able to live a life of reaching for God and His goodness and to do so without getting knocked over and knocked out. I won't do the whole thing up here. So, let's talk about the first one. Well, the first leg of the stool represents people. To reach resiliently, we absolutely need close, encouraging, Jesus-centered people to reach with. Jesus following is a team sport, and we are not meant to do it alone. So, my best counsel to you today is to join a group of others, a small band of people who you will live closely together with. They will know enough about you and you enough about them that they know what you are reaching for or should be and can encourage you and lift your arm when you can't hold it up any longer and you can do the same for them. So you can go look at the boards in the lobby. You can go online on the website to learn more and join a group. And when things get tough, don't disappear. You small group veterans who've been gathering, don't go quiet. Don't isolate yourself. Stay engaged. Go deeper. Share more. People is the first leg of the stool. The second leg of the stool is perspective. Perspective is about how we think. Paul, the, uh, he was an apostle. He was the author of most of the New Testament. Uh, he writes, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Paul's counsel is pretty well supported by science, decades of research, telling us that this skill is not unfair for him to challenge us to take on. It can be learned, like riding a bike or a foreign language. But we can find ourselves stuck in cycles of negative perspective. This topic of perspective is well beyond this talk today. So I figured rather than treating it shallowly. I want to do something weird. Let's reach together right now and ask God to do something different in our perspectives. So I want you to self-identify. I'm not going to ask you to stand or raise your hand, classic church stuff. 
I just want you to be honest with yourself and God. Have you been stuck? Do you find yourself stuck thinking negative thoughts, finding the negative and focusing in on it? Is anxiety spinning buzzing thoughts of worry and concern? Is depression something that's plagued you? We're going to reach right now. And like an idiot, I have faith that you can have a breakthrough. And if you don't today, I'm not going to fall down. We're going to pray again tomorrow. We're going to trust him for more. So if that's you, be honest with yourself and be honest with God. And I'm going to reach right now on your behalf and you can reach with me. Father, you're good and you love us. You're not the author of this negativity that we're stuck in. You're not the author of our anxiety or depression. And we ask now that you would cut it out of us and replace in us patterns of thought that see and focus on and thank you for the good and the right and the provision. Every good gift comes from you and we thank you for it. So right now across this room, I ask that people would be freed from those patterns. So anxiety and depression and negativity be gone. And may you train our brains to think in alignment with your truth. So I ask for a breakthrough now among us. All right. So that's the second leg. That's perspective. May God change our perspective to be more like his. All right, the third leg of the four-legged stool represents God's promises. God gives us incredible promises that we can hold on to in times of difficulty. Everything can be horrible, and we can still have these promises. This is where regular scripture reading makes all the difference in the world. I think this is a stubby leg. We've got a, a short leg, many of us, on our stool because we don't know what God promises, so we don't know to receive it. And when we can understand his promises and deeply believe them, that's the bedrock when all we're seeing is not yet of his goodness. We have that promise to carry us through. We, for example, learn an amazing promise in Romans chapter 8, where we're told that we can know that God causes everything to work together for the good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Even the worst of things, not done by him, but he can twist them into our good or the good of the world. I challenge you to re-engage in Scripture with your eyes open for His promises. Build up your, your third leg of resilient reaching. Now the fourth leg of the stool represents God's presence. God's presence. We read in the book of Isaiah where God Himself is quoted as saying, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. Since God is always with us, his presence is always here, this fourth leg of the stool looks like us being in as near continual communication with him as you can possibly imagine. Every thought, anything, at any time. You can ask him how, what he's thinking. He can tell me what he's feeling. He'll offer guidance. He'll offer emotional encouragement. This too is a habit. This too is a skill. 
And God is inviting us to have this kind of relationship with him. So whatever, however often you think of him, once a week, make it twice. If you think of him once a day, think of him twice. Once an hour, as much as possible. The more we can be connected with him and remember he's with us, the more his promises can come up and actually be what we experience. Paul, that, uh, that author, that follower of Jesus, wrote much of the scriptures. He actually went on to say that he learned the secret to being content no matter what, no matter whether he was experiencing the now of God's provision or the not yet of this nasty world. And it was, he said, the secret, the secret, contentment, no matter what, is this, reliance on God in the moment, his presence, he's with us. So the fourth leg of the stool is God's presence. So in conclusion, what did we talk about? We said that God is inviting you to reach for more, more of him and more of his goodness. And I'm here to tell you there's way more good, there's way more now than we think. The amount of the good you think is available to you is based upon what you've learned, but more so what you've experienced, more accurately what you haven't experienced. And that is not the right reference point. Scripture is, and I'm here to tell you there's people and others who experience his now a whole lot more, and that's available. But don't be fooled. The not yet is real too, and we need to understand the four-legged stool so that we don't fall down and get knocked out when things go rough. So we connect with people. We aim to put our perspective on what is good and on him. We study and learn and focus on those promises that we can hold on to. And finally, we stay connected to his presence by thinking about him and recognizing he's with us and running everything through him. But you know how we're crazy? We're a little weird. Uh, I have no problem praying for a parking spot. None at all. Heck yeah, that's right. The point is, he says, I'm with you always. And that fourth leg, when everything else can be torn away from you, is still true and can hold us through anything. It was even Nietzsche, the great atheist, who said a man with a why can endure almost anyhow. And what better why than God? So, what is God inviting you to reach for? I'm going to ask us to be silent for just, you know, half a minute. To just think, to listen. And so, Father God, I ask that you would bring to our minds what would you have us reach for? What, like Jim and Shannon who resigned to Reno's, what have, what have I resigned to? What have I given up asking for? What have I been afraid to ask God for? Because the thought of the pain of not, hi- not having him answer is too great. And I'm here just to say that, that that pain is a lie because God will hold us through 
loss and disappointment. And so, Father, would you show each of us what it is that we are being invited by you to ask for, to reach for. And would you build in us these four legs of stability, these principles that we would be stable and able to participate in everything you have for us. And we just listen for a few moments now for what you might be saying. Okay. Um, I love taking swings of the bat. I love reaching with people. And so if after service or as we're finishing up, if anyone would like to reach, and it would be fun for me to do it with you. And there are others here who love to also pray together. So grab me on the side and... uh, We can see what God's up to. Now what happens? Hannah closes us out. I don't have the agenda. Thank you for letting me share with you. Hannah, you're awesome.